This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus and the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would, go ahead and turn your Bible to the Gospel of John, John chapter 4 and verse 50. We've been in a new Sunday morning series on miracles of the New Testament. And after the message today, after the offering, we're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to lay hands on you for your success and prosperity and for your dreams and desires to come to pass in 2023. But we've prepared, we've written this message to prepare you to receive from God and to receive from God in faith. Faith is how we receive anything from God. Faith is how we're born again. When Paul wrote to help the believers at Galatia, he reminded them that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. Faith is how we're healed. When we are in need of healing, faith is how we're healed. Faith is how we're set free. Faith is how we're delivered. Faith is how we're blessed. And we have the offering time and we bring our tithes and we give our offerings. We do that in faith that what the word says is true. We give and it is given unto us. And the blessing of the Lord comes upon us, but we walk in that by faith. Every good thing we receive from God, we receive by faith. Faith, it is the currency of the kingdom of God. And whether we're praying, presenting a petition, a request unto the Lord, whether we're just saying some words or making a confession of faith, or whether according to the word in Mark 16 or James 5, we lay hands upon someone, whatever we do, we have to do in faith. And when you approach someone and ask them to pray, the prayer of agreement with you, they should be in faith, but you should be in faith. And when you lay, maybe you're at work and someone tells you they're facing a challenge or there's a need in their body, you offer to pray with them and you lay hands upon them, you ought to do that in faith, amen. But here at church, when we have times of prayer and we hands are laid upon us, whether for healing or whatever it is, of course, my father and I are gonna do that in faith, but you ought to come forward and walk through the line and receive in faith. Faith is how we receive anything from God. And in this series, we're walking through the miracles of the New Testament. We're looking at the patterns and the principles of how to receive from God, how to walk in miracles, and how to live a life of miracles. And this is so important because once you discover the pattern or the principle, you can work it again and again and again. As we, we say all the time, the Word of God works. We just have to work the Word. And so we're looking at these patterns, these principles, and we're learning how to apply them to our lives so we can live a blessed life, 
so needs can be met, so desires can be received, so that we can walk in the goodness that our Heavenly Father has for us. And He is good, amen? His Word is good, and He wants to show forth and demonstrate His goodness in our lives. Now in this series, occasionally we'll pause and not cover a new miracle, but instead reflect on a principle or a pattern that precipitates miracles, a principle or pattern that sparks or causes or affects miracles. And that's what we're doing today. Now last Sunday, we were in John chapter four, and we dealt with the healing of the royal official son in John four. And the key verse in last Sunday's miracle was John four and verse 50, the man, the father, took Jesus at his word and departed. And we, we discovered that later the man found out that his son was healed at the very moment and the very time, the very hour that Jesus said those words. But think about it. That, that young man, however old he was, whether a little boy, whether a little bit older, maybe a, a young adult, maybe a preteen or a teenager, the Bible says that he, he was dying. He was near death. And so it took great faith for that father to take Jesus at his word and depart. But it was at the moment Jesus spoke that father found out that his boy was healed. We also pointed out what Peter said and did in Luke 5 and verse 5 to precipitate his own miracle. Remember, they had fished all night and they had caught nothing. You know, and there are, there are times in life that are frustrating. There are times in life when we've done everything that we know to do and the nets are empty. We feel like Peter. We feel like those men. We haven't caught anything. And so we might come to church or we might hear a message or the Holy Spirit might move upon our heart with instructions that don't make sense to the natural mind, but to hear, to believe, and to obey, that's faith. To hear, to believe, and to take action, that's faith. And so Peter, in faith, precipitated his own miracle in Luke 5 and verse 5. It says, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. They, they, they were at the same place, the same body of water. They, they didn't go to a new lake. They, did, they didn't journey to a couple hours, go somewhere else to fish. Same place. Didn't make sense to the natural mind. But that's why we walk by faith. That's why we walk by the word of God. That, that's why we obey the written word of God. And then when God moves upon our hearts or the Holy Spirit speaks to us or leads us, we obey. And so Peter said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And they had a wonderful, wonderful miracle of provision. But that's the challenge, to walk by faith, to hear, to believe, and to take action. Now in both instances, in Luke 5 and also in John chapter 4, in both places, all throughout the Bible, Miracles happen and answers come when we realize that we also have a part to play. So say this, say, I have a part to play. Smile at your neighbor, real nice, tell them you have a part to play. Smile at your other neighbor, real nice, tell them you have a part to play. See, God has done his part, but we have to do our part. And our part is receiving in faith. This is what pastor has been emphasizing on Wednesday evenings. Peter, quoting Isaiah, but in the past 
tense tells us by the wounds of Jesus, we have been healed. So I don't need Jesus to heal me. He has already healed me. What I need to do is receive by faith what he has already done on my behalf. And you might have to think about that. Might have to meditate on that some this week. But, but once you understand that and it gets planted down in your heart, it'll change how you pray. It'll change how you talk, how you confess. It'll change your posture in coming to church. Our wonderful Heavenly Father has done His part. Jesus has done His part. The new covenant and all the blessings and the benefits of the new covenant are available to us, but now we have a part to play, and our part is to receive. You might say, Austin, how do we receive? By faith. We have to act as if the Word of God is so. Our part might be obedience, to do what the Word of God says, or to do what the Holy Spirit says, or to do what a man of God says, or to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Our part might be confession, to say what God's Word says about the situation, regardless of how it looks, regardless of how we feel, to say what the Word of God says. Our part might be to give an offering, a seed faith offering above and beyond as led by the Holy Spirit. I'll use myself as an example. Don't, don't be offended. During the first service, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I wrote the offering for the second service, but what my father said at the first service was very similar. I don't take the credit for that. That's just the leading of the Holy Spirit. But that the, the offering time is an opportunity to act in faith before hands are laid upon us. And so my father said, you might attach your faith to what you've already brought to give. You might give something extra special. And of course, Jessica looked over at me and said, what are we doing? And I know what she means, not what do we do every Sunday? What do we typically do? She meant what special thing are we doing? And then of course, as soon as those words came out of her mouth, I knew in my heart, well, we were supposed to do extra today. See, there are times when the Lord will move upon our hearts, but it's not to hurt us. It's not to hinder us. It's not to make our way more difficult this week. It is so we can receive what we desire from God. It's so that doors can be opened for the blessings that we desire. Faith, Jesus said in Matthew 17 and verse 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Well, this should encourage us all. Because yes, Jesus spoke about great faith, but here in Matthew 17, he spoke about faith as small as a mustard seed, which is very tiny. And he said that if we have faith even as a mustard seed, we can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for us. So if we have faith as a seed, and what is faith as a seed? Faith as a seed is faith that takes action. You're here, it's a new year, you're here, in church, well, you're, you're here in church because you believe that it's good for you, that it will benefit you, that you're honoring God, that you're putting God first. See, faith as a seed is faith that takes action. You know, Jessica and I have little ones, and so when I, I read Proverbs, I pay attention in Proverbs when it talks about being a father, being a parent, raising children, disciplining children, and sometimes in those moments of life, it, it, it's not always easy, can be hard, can be challenging, but I do what the Word says in faith, knowing that if I'll do things God's way, 
we're going to have a good result down the road. That is faith as a seed. Jesus said, if you have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for you. So faith as a seed, faith that takes action, it will meet impossible needs. It'll meet impossible problems. Every act of faith is a seed planted. And the good news is the harvest, it is always greater than the seed. A seed only remains small if it's not planted. If a farmer plants a tiny mustard seed, it will grow into a large tree. I've heard my mom often say that what we give to God, it never remains small. You know, that, that first Sunday back in January 1984, when my parents loaded up the car they had, when they gathered up toys that they had that they could use for the, the nursery, when my father brought his guitar with him and led worship himself, and he actually plays that guitar pretty good still. I, I'm not putting him on the spot here this morning. But when they did that, they, they had no idea all that God would do. That they could not see or envision any of this. So, so we step out in faith. We obey. We do what the Bible says do. We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then what Paul says becomes a reality in our lives our Heavenly Father does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. He does more and more wonderful than anything that we could imagine. In John 4, the royal official, the father, he had a part to play. His son was dying, but he had to get beyond the turmoil and the grief and the frustration of that. That father had a part to play, and he played his part. He took action on what Jesus said do. In other words, he obeyed. He took action. He obeyed. He did what Jesus said do. He took Jesus at his word and departed. So a, a great principle of faith to apply in your own life is that God has a part to play, but you and I also have a part to play. And we have to take God at his word and act as if the word is so. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. He took Jesus at his word and departed. And this is what we, we fail to do. You know, someone could come to me and say, Austin, you know, I'm having trouble. I'm not, I'm not walking in the blessing of the Lord. What, what do I do? Well, first I want to know, are you going to work? Do you have any work of your hands for God to bless? That, that's the first question. But after that, when you're paid, how are you handling the money that you're paid? Are you honoring God? Are you putting God first? Are you practicing good stewardship? Are you saving? Are you handling your money righteously? See, if someone does that consistently over a month, six months, a year, 18 months, 24 months, three years, five years, they're going to be better off than if they just hope for the best or have no plan. You know, there was one point last year where there was prayer requests, and it was one of those emergency prayer requests. But see, when someone writes, and I don't recognize the name or don't know who it is or who the situation is, well, I'll ask the office, you know, who is this? Look them up. Well, when that particular person was looked up, they hadn't been in church in a long time, hadn't given a long time. My point is they hadn't been doing their part. So, of course, there are some emergencies. There are some problems. There are some challenges. And the only way to get back on the right track is to do our part. 
And our part is to obey. Our part is to do what the word of God says do. And we do our part. You might say, Austin, I've done my part. Now I need God's supernatural. Well, we do our part, and then comes the blessing of the Lord. We do our part, then comes the supernatural favor and increase and only what God can do. So this man, this father took Jesus at his word and he departed. But so often we fail to do that. We might want a show or empathy. We might, might want someone to come to our home or maybe we want a special sign or a special word. And when, like this father, he was a royal official, sometimes when people consider themselves important or they're a VIP, they want extra special attention. We used the example of Naaman last Sunday. He, he was a commander in a foreign army, and he had leprosy, which is incurable. He needed a miracle. But the man of God told him to go dip in a muddy river seven times. Well, Naaman didn't want to do that. So he had to get himself past the offense. He had, he had to listen to a servant girl who told him, she said, look, if he had told you to do some great thing, you would have been happy to do it. He had to get past the offense. He had to humble himself, and he had to do what the man of God said do. But as soon as he followed those instructions, he was miraculously healed. And so our part is to obey. Our part is to do like the Father in John 4 and verse 50. He took Jesus at his word and departed. That's how Peter received his miracle in Luke 5. He heard, he believed, he took action. That's how the widow of Zarephath received her miracle in 1 Kings 17. She heard, she believed, she took action. That's how Jehoshaphat received his miracle in 2 Chronicles 20. He heard, he believed, he took action. And that's how the 10 lepers received their miracle in Luke 17. They, they heard, they believed, and they took action. And we'll get to that miracle eventually. And there's more than one principle there because if you'll remember, the 10 were healed, but only one came back to express thanksgiving and gratitude. Only one came back to say thank you. But they received their miracle by hearing, believing, and taking action. Consider the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17, verses 15 and 16. 1 Kings 17, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up. The jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. It was a time of famine. People were in need. People, people were hungry. She thought she was going to make her last meal and then she and her son were going to die. But Elijah gave her very specific instructions. She did what he said. It says she went away and did as he told her. So there was food every day. Every day during a time of famine. And God had to move in a supernatural way. She didn't have Kroger. She didn't have Albertsons. There was no Amazon delivery. There was food every day for the woman and her family, for Elijah, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Notice this wasn't just for her and her son, but it was also for Elijah. See, there, there's something you've got to realize, and that is that those who walk by faith, like Elijah, they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be well provided for, no matter what the times are. In the Old Testament, there's an instance. 
And I'd have to look up whether it was Elijah or Elisha. But it was a time of famine. Horrible things were going on. But the Bible says that he was at ease reclining with the prophets. No trouble. No worry. That's a man who walks in the blessing of God. Now, why is this important? Well, just as, you know, you can go out in the world and go places you shouldn't go and get close to things you shouldn't get close to and get close to people you shouldn't get close to because they've got things in their life that are wicked, they're ungodly, they're unrighteous. Those things are all real. Just as those things are real in the negative, the same is true in the positive, in the kingdom of God. The blessing of God is real. The blessing of God is tangible. The favor of God is real. The favor of God is tangible. And when you walk with God and you obey God and you obey God's word and put God first, those good, wonderful blessings come upon your life. And they're real. They are tangible. They are present. And they can be shared with others. So just as when Pastor and I pray for you, the blessing of God comes upon you. The same way when you're at work and a coworker tells you about trouble or a need or a family situation, you have the blessing of God. You have the anointing of God upon your life. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and dwelling in you. And so when you pray for them, when you encourage them, when you put your hand on their shoulder and say, Father God, I ask you to bless my brother. I ask you to bless my sister. That is real, and that is tangible. And our Heavenly Father hears. He answers. So the widow of Zarephath did as the man of God said. Too many believers ignore James 1 and verse 22. James 1, 22 says, the new King James, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or deluding yourselves. But be doers of the word. So we're not just to hear the word. We're to do what it says. We're not just to hear the word or agree with the word. We're to live it out. James 1.22 in the NIV says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And in the Old Testament, too many believers ignore Isaiah 1 and verse 19. The King James says, If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And you might have to meditate on this. You might have to renew your mind to this, maybe because of how you were raised or maybe because of the church or denomination you grew up in, maybe because of the prejudices that there are in your life or the prejudices that you grew up with. But our, our Heavenly Father wants us to have the good of the land. And of course, what you say is the good of the land, it might be different than what I say is the good of the land. But our Heavenly Father loves us. He is for us. He wants our needs to be met. And He doesn't just want our needs to be met with enough. He wants our needs to be met with more than enough. He wants us to have plenty left over. And He wants us to enjoy the good of the land. I said He wants us to enjoy the good of the land. You've heard my father say that God will meet us at whatever level we can believe Him at. Now, I'm going to tell a story. Don't be offended by this. Maybe when I was Sophie's age, maybe a little bit older, I noticed at some point that when my father liked something, he would order extra. And now that I'm older, I understand why, because they might not keep making something. Or maybe over time, the quality 
goes down. But I remember he, he'd like a particular pair of shoes. And he wouldn't just get one pair or two pair or five pair. Sometimes he'd have a whole lot of extra because he really liked those shoes. And, and see, somebody might say, well, that, that, that's too much. Well, what God do we serve? And I'm getting ahead of myself, but we serve El Shaddai. We serve the God of more than enough. And if he can bless me with one pair, why can't he bless me with two pair? If he can bless me with two pair, why can't he bless me with three pair? Why, why, why can't he bless me with backup in case something happens to the main pair? You know, no, nothing grieves me more than when I, I see a child and you can tell the clothes don't fit or you can tell that they're in PE or they're, they're, they're doing an activity and, and they're, they're not comfortable, they're in pain or discomfort because they have a pair of shoes that are too small. And we've, we've got five and they're growing all the time. Seems like every time I turn around, Jessica's mine more shoes, more boots, and stores don't have all this. So we are, we are like on a first name basis with the delivery people. But the other day she ordered a new pair of shoes for Emily and for Julia. She didn't know what size, so she got two sizes. The smaller sizes fit both of them. She said, what do I do with the, the bigger size? Do we, do we keep them or return them? Well, it's not worth the effort to get however many 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars back. And I said, they're growing so fast, probably in a month or two, they're going to need the bigger pair. Keep them. Keep them. See, it's a mentality. And so you might have grown up with the mentality of not enough. Or you might have grown up with the mentality that, well, we're, we're, we're kind of blessed, but we should feel bad about being blessed. Or we, we, we should hide the blessing, or, or, you know, we can't eat there, but we, we shouldn't eat there because it's too nice. Got to give all of that up. Our heavenly father wants us to have the good of the land. Amen. He wants us to have the good of the land. And nice things cost more. Food that is better for you, food that is healthier for you, it costs more. But what does our heavenly father want us to have? What did he tell us? If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat what? The good of the land. Not things that are harmful for you. Not, not things that'll hurt you. Not, not things you look at the package and you don't, you don't know what it's in it. You shall eat the good of the land. The living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. So our heavenly father has a part to play, but we have a part to play. And what is our part? Our part is to obey. Our part is to do what the word says. Our part is to do what he says do. Look at verses 19 and 20 in the NIV. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist, if you rebel, we can say it this way. If you do your own thing, if you live life your way or the world's way, if you resist, if you rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. Too many of God's people are being devoured by the enemy. But Isaiah tells us what will happen if we're not willing and obedient. We'll be devoured. So be willing. Be obedient. And as my father shared in the first service, maybe you have been obedient, but maybe you've hindered your blessings. Maybe you've hindered how much our Heavenly Father can bless you because you've not been willing to walk in His blessings. You've been ashamed of His blessings. You have felt bad about his blessings as if you're not good enough you're not worthy enough or you're you're concerned of what will so and so think you got to get past 
all of that. Because they're not going home with you. They're not the one paying TXU. They're not the one paying the mortgage company. So you've got to get past that and be both obedient and willing. And willing and obedient. Over the years, I've met some believers, and they're willing, but they're lacking in that obedience part. It's not either or, it's both and. Be willing, be obedient, and let God help you. Acts 9 tells the story of Saul's conversion and his subsequent healing from blindness after having been struck down on the road to Damascus by the Lord himself for persecuting the church. We'll get to that miracle later in this series. And in Acts 22, Paul tells the story of that event. And look at what he says in Acts 22, beginning in verse 12. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Brother Saul, receive your sight. And why? Because by the stripes of Jesus, he had already been healed. He simply needed to receive what belonged to him. Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Brother Saul, receive your sight. Why is this so important? God has a part to play, but you and I have a part to play. Ananias says, Brother Saul, now that Saul was a brother, a believer, he had a part to play. And Ananias exhorted him to take action on the words of Jesus, later dictated to Mark by Peter in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. And so Ananias said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Why don't we say this? Say, I believe I receive. You might say, Austin, what? Whatever the need is. Whatever the desire is. You might be here today and maybe you are in need of a healing in your body. And so when you come through the line and we lay hands upon you, believe you receive. You might be here today and you're a young person, you're believing God for a godly husband, you're a godly wife, believe you receive. You might be believing God for a, a raise at work or a bonus. You might be believing God for a new job or a better job, promotion, increase, whatever it is. Believe you receive. There are two instances I know of where two different families, they've got something being done, taken care of this week, procedure being done. They've asked us to agree all will go well. Believe you receive. Whatever it is, when hands are laid upon you, believe you receive. In this new year, our wonderful Heavenly Father has increase on His mind. Hebrews 6 and verse 14 says, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Our Heavenly Father wants to increase us. I said He wants to increase us. He doesn't want us to go backwards. He doesn't want us to say, you know, you hear the stories of, well, when I was a child, we walked to school and all that. You know, our family lives close enough. We could walk. But that's not the provision of God. I said, that's not the blessing of God. Well, well, we're going to two mills instead of three mills. That's not the provision of God. He wants to bless us. He wants to increase us. He, he wants us to be blessed so we can be a blessing. And whatever your dreams are, whatever your desires are, as long as they're good and godly and righteous, he wants to bring those good, godly, righteous desires to pass in your life. So believe you receive. I said, 
believe, you receive. Genesis 17, beginning in verse 1, says, When Abram was 90 years old and 99, the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, El Shaddai. Wednesday evening, my father was talking about the names of God. Just knowing the names of God will change so much in your life. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. He is El Shaddai. What does that mean? The Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. I am the Almighty God, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Say, why don't we say this? Say, exceedingly. exceedingly. Now see, every week I, I do my part. And my part is to present the word of God. We live in crazy times. People are compromising on morality. People are doing everything that they can to make people happy. I heard about this week, particular place where now they're playing a secular song in every worship service. Us playing a secular song is not going to change your life for the better. But the word of God will change your life for the better. And renewing your mind to what the Lord told Abraham will change your life for the better. I will multiply thee exceedingly. Hebrews 6, 14, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. See, see I, I could water things down to make every person who's offended over this or that happy and okay, but that's not going to change anyone's life for the better. He wants our every need to be met. He wants us to not just have enough. He wants us to have more than enough. He wants you to have more than enough in your family, in your home. He doesn't want you to just have enough. He wants you to have more than enough. Why don't we say, say, my heavenly father, he wants me to have more than enough. Plenty, plenty left over so I can be a blessing. He wants you to have more than enough. That is his will for your life, more than enough. He's not just enough, he's more than enough. But what we have to do, like Peter and those men, we have to get our eyes off the need. We have to get our eyes on the supply. Jesus is his name. And his word is his how-to manual. Jesus said in Mark 11, beginning at verse 22, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever, who desires? I, I know my, my unkind relative who told me they were coming at Christmas and skipped Christmas. Is that what it says? Is it what the world desires for us? Is it what is on some denominations approval list for us? What things soever, who desires? What things soever you desire? What things soever I desire? What things soever you desire? When you pray, believe, you receive them, and you shall have them. Say, say, I shall have them. Say, I shall have them in 2023. I've mentioned many things. You could be here today, and maybe you're believing God for a child or more than one child. With God, all things are possible. So whatever you need or desire, in this new year, 
when you stand in line and when you walk through and when we lay hands upon you, do what Jesus said do. Say the desire for your heart in 2023 is coming to you and believe you receive when we lay hands on you. And as you stand in line and pass through and as you go back to your seat and then as pastor prays over us at the end, do what David said do in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give unto you the desires of your heart. You know, that, that has been my life verse. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give unto you the desires of your heart. If you love God and if you love his word and you love his house and it's all about loving him. You know, Jesus said to one of the churches in Revelation, he said, return to your first love. And who should we love? The Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give unto you the desires of your heart. Say this, say, my heavenly father, he wants me to have my desires. He has put those desires within me. And as long as they're good, and they're godly, and they're righteous, he wants me to have them. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and say, Austin, I've heard you preach about the goodness of God, but I know that to have that, to experience that, I've got to be a part of the family of God. God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life, but it all begins by being a part of his family. And there's only one way to do that. And that's by accepting Jesus Christ, his son, as the Lord, the savior of your life. This world, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that you can live however you want. It'll tell you that there are many paths to God that you can come up with your own way. It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that is sufficient. But friend, those are all lies. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He told a religious leader, he said, you must be born again. Didn't matter his connections, didn't matter his education, his pedigree. Jesus said to him, he said, you must be born again. It's the only way to be a part of the family of God. It's the only way to have God as your Father. It's the only way to live this life blessed by God. The blessings and the benefits are for the sons and daughters of God. And it all begins by asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If you're here today in Austin, I've never done that, but I want to. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior today. I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it to where I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with you? Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be saved. Thank you. I see the hand. Thank you. you. May lower your hand. You might also be here today and at a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart not been living for God. You have been doing your own thing. You've been living for self. You've been living a worldly life, the world's way, doing things your way, and you have been devoured. You have paid the price. Well, friend, I have good news. If you will become willing and obedient, you shall experience the goodness of God in your life. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. 
The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning, a fresh start. You can leave here today knowing you have peace with God. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. Pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God. I want to have peace with God. Before I leave today, if that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I know you want me to pray with you to recommit your life. For the sake of the young man that raised his hand, we're going to pray. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask that you bring what you brought with you. Come join me at the front. We're going to pray. Everyone's going to be so excited for you. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but God is dealing with your heart. You know that this time of prayer today is for you. Bring your belongings. Bring what you brought with you. We're going to pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins, and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Set me free from anything that would hinder me in living for you. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. And I thank you for your hand of blessing and your hand of favor upon me in this new year. Jesus' name, amen. Want to be a blessing to you? Take a few moments to go with Mr. Cameron Butler. He'll give you some things to be a blessing. Get you right back in the service. God bless you. You might be watching, listening online now or later. Say, Austin, I, I prayed with you. You might say, you don't have a Bible, need help getting started living the Christian life. Go to the address on the screen and you can let us know you need a Bible in English or Spanish. We'll get one to you. We'll also send you a copy of God's Very Own Child, written by my father in English or Spanish. It's a short book, but it'll help you get started in living this new life for Christ. It is a wonderful life. It is the best life. It is a blessed life. We hope the message was an encouragement. Blessing to you today, amen.